Hello again, everyone. It's Sunday, May 8th here in the Philippines, and my name is Tom Kuntz with episode 15 of my Snutcast. Since it is Mother's Day today, I want to give a shout out to all of the mothers out there. Of special note is my own mother, and even more importantly, my wife, LaDawn, the mother of our children. I also want to recognize our daughter, Kira, and our daughters-in-law, Chelsea, Kelsey, and Caitlin, who are all wonderful mothers to our grandchildren. How grateful I am for all of the women in my life. So with that, let's get started. Today I want to talk about self-mastery. It seems as we move ever closer to the establishment of Zion and the return of our Savior Jesus Christ, the assault of the adversary is accelerating. This is particularly evident in growing influence of the world in our lives, most frequently manifested in the deterioration of a family-based society, fueled by bad habits, addictions, and tolerance devoid of conscience. Among all of this confusing secularism, we as Latter-day Saints must be clear who we are. We must have the courage to stand as disciples of Jesus Christ. We cannot allow our appetites and passions to rule over us. The term master is used frequently as an adjective to describe a high level of competency or excellence or prominence. Here are a few examples that I came up with. <clears throat> master teachers, master rowers, master mechanics, master gardeners, master sergeants, master thieves, chefs, chess masters, judo masters, master chefs, yep, and even junior master chefs. Further, there are master plans, master degrees, recording masters, slide masters, and yes, we even have master cards. But today I want to talk about becoming a master saint. In a 1985 General Conference talk on the subject of self-mastery, Elder Russell M. Nelson said this, quote, You may have heard the expression, mind over matter. That's what I would like to talk about, but phrase it a little differently. Spirit over body. That is self-mastery. Unquote. My former mission president, Elder F. Enzio Busha, describes this same relationship of spirit over body as two distinct selves. The spiritual self our spirit, and the natural self, our body or our flesh. We learn from King Benjamin that the natural man is an enemy to God and has been since the fall of Adam. The scripture goes on to explain that we can overcome our natural selves by yielding to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putting off the natural man and becoming a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord. I guess he could have said become a master saint. Well, we live in a world today where darkness continues to encroach further into our societies and even more concerning into our homes. Our natural self or our flesh is attracted to this darkness and it feeds off of it. The world, however, is not left without hope as Heavenly Father has sent the gift of the light of Christ to every person on the earth to counter this darkness. As members of the restored gospel, we have an even greater gift in the Holy Ghost. Self-mastery is about using our agency to develop, train, and strengthen our spirits to rule over our bodies. This is one of the most fundamental reasons why we fast each month. Elder Faust explained it this way. He says, in its simplest forms, self-mastery is doing those things we should do and not doing those things we should not do. It requires strength, willpower, and honesty. Only we can control our appetites and passions. Self-mastery cannot be bought by money or fame. It is the ultimate test of our character. 
Thank you, Elder Faust, for that wonderful definition. So what are the things we should and shouldn't do? I want to highlight just a few of these. First, the things that we should not do. We should not put the things of the world ahead of the things of God. I mean, the books we read, the TV shows we watch, the movies we go to, all of these form our character. Much of today's media focuses on violence, sexuality, or sadistic comedy. It is becoming clear that Hollywood has played a significant role in destroying the definition of marriage between one man and one woman. Even the popular trend of reality shows often feeds on ruthless competition between individuals and teams where the drama between the contestants is more important than the ultimate objective. All of this nonsensical sensory input dulls our spiritual senses, and it allows a greater darkness to creep into our lives. It begins to influence our thoughts, and the result, it's explained in Proverbs 23.7. You know it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Further, you know, we have thousands of ancestors on the other side of the veil who are pleading and praying that they might receive the ordinances of the gospel so that they can progress. I mean, how are we going to tell them when we meet them that, well, we're too busy watching TV, reading books, or going to the movies to help them? The world's beckoning call will always appeal to our natural self. Perhaps you recognize what the world values most. Wealth, recognition, power, popularity, fashion, and acceptance of man's laws over God's laws. I really love this quote by the holistic educator and author Eric Michael Leventhal. Quote, The fearful seek to serve themselves by mastering the world, while the fearless seek to serve the world by mastering themselves. Unquote. I mean, I hope we can all be fearless and adopt the counsel given to Emma Smith and lay aside the things of the world and seek for the things of a better. You can find that in Doctrine and Covenants 25.10. The second thing that we shouldn't do, it is to approach or to engage in addictive behaviors. I mean, whether we realize it or not, these behaviors rob us of our freedom to choose the light over the darkness. Elder Ballard said this in a recent conference, conference, uh, conference address. Quote, the battle over man's God-given agency continues today. Satan and his minions have their lures all around us, hoping that we will falter and take his flies so he can reel us in with counterfeit means. He uses addiction to steal away agency. Unquote. In today's world, electronic media is often the source of addictions. For, for example, without the internet, access to pornography is significantly curtailed. Video games are now beginning to hold back an increasing number of young men from serving honorable missions. In a letter back to their ward, President and Sister Kirkham of the Mexico Cancun Mission wrote the following, quote, We recently had to send one young, one young man home because he was severely addicted to video gaming. He explained that he could not focus because his mind went into a loop. As we worked with church psychiatrists, we learned that it is a common problem in church missions. Video gaming rewires the brain and a person gets to the point that social interaction is nearly impossible. Frustration is resolved by violence." Unquote. It's a, square, a scary thought, isn't it? Okay, those are, those are a couple of things we shouldn't do. Let's talk about the things that we should do. First of all, personal worship. You know, a couple of years ago, I spoke with a man who had internet filters and safeguards his, in, on his computer as a defense against a pornography addiction that had plagued him for many, many years. 
One day, the filter broke, and in an attempt to fix and test the filter, he found himself going down a dangerous rabbit trail. As we spoke, the Spirit revealed the problem. You see, he had built up some excellent defenses in his life against pornography, but his offense was very weak. Perhaps our offense against the darkness is not as strong as it needs to be. Here are some things we can do to strengthen that offense. First, our foundation of personal worship should be daily scripture study. Simply reading the scriptures now and again is no longer sufficient. We must internalize the doctrines and feel the confirming spirit of the truths we are studying. Evidence of progress in this area will be a pen and a paper in our hands as we record new insights and the greater degree of light evident in our lives. Second, powerful personal worship is underpinned by mighty prayer. The evidences of our progress in this area are the length and intensity of our prayers, the resultant miracles occurring in our lives, confirming promptings that we are being heard, power to overcome temptation and trials, and most importantly, greater access to the strengthening and enabling power of the atonement. The third and last keystone of this firm foundation of personal worship is frequent temple attendance. Evidence of progress in this area is that we will become less critical of others in our life as our life is filled with greater charity and our burdens will become lighter as extended family on the other side of the veil now join through priesthood ordinances pray for us and for our children. Okay, let's talk about the second thing we should do. It is to sacrifice more for the things of God. When we choose to sacrifice our time, our talent, our energy, and resources to build the kingdom, the very nature of that sacrifice often causes us some degree of self-inflicted pain or anguish. For example, perhaps you felt it as you've risen early on a Saturday morning to go clean the church. As we begin to labor, though, we are released from the pain by an immediate confirmation by the Spirit, which fills our souls with joy and moves us towards discipleship and the light within us grows. When we choose not to sacrifice for the things of God, interestingly enough, we experience a similar pain through the, the, uh, through the natural consequences of our choices. The difference is there is no immediate release through the sweet confirmation of the Spirit, and thus the darkness within us grows. We should remember that sacrifice is about giving up something good in order to receive something better. Said another way, in a favorite quote of my son Garen, sacrifice is giving up something we love for a God we love more. I think everyone knows about the movie Frozen by now. I mean, it was released to the acclaim of critics and moviegoers alike. The song Let It Go, written by Robert and Kristen Lopez, even won an Oscar for Best Original Song. Some of you might be interested to know that Robert Lopez was also the songwriter behind the music from the Broadway musical titled The Book of Mormon, which pokes fun at not only our faith, but also religion, sexuality, poverty, and race in general. The underlying message of this popular song from Frozen is nearly hidden and has been the subject of numerous discussions and editorials across the country. I will read just one verse that is directly counter to this topic of self-mastery. It goes like this. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. I, I want to be clear that we should not let it go. We should be the masters of our lives and not to succumb to the appetites, passions, addictions, and longing of the flesh. I mean, we must keep it in. 
We must teach our spirits that they are stronger than our bodies, that by accessing the light of the gospel, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. Okay, now just a warning. Just over a century ago, living conditions required 12 to 14 hour days, six days a week of work just to survive. There was little wealth and nothing was simple, not light, not warmth, not shelter. Transportation was slow and bumpy, communication almost non-existent. To sum it up, life was just plain hard. Compare that to the ease we have today due to our relative affluence and modern conveniences. At least one of the consequences of these changes is that we may think that increasing the light in our lives should be as easy as sending a text or checking our email, but it is not. Gaining spiritual strength still has to be done the same way as it was a century ago. Personal worship, sacrifice, and keeping the commandments. We may have better tools, but the work is the same. We cannot be defrauded into thinking this will not require effort. Now let me conclude by reaffirming the power of the light. Make no mistake about it, as Elder, as Elder Oaks has stated, quote, We do not know when this game will end, and we do not know the final score. But we do know that when the game finally ends, our team wins." It is my hope that we will all be on the winning team. I hope we will seek for the light in our lives so that our spiritual selves might rule over our natural selves, and in that process, that we may become master saints in the similitude of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is, in the end, the only true and living master. Well, that concludes episode 15 of my Snuckcast. Thank you again for listening. I hope that perhaps we can all become just a little bit better by strengthening our own self-mastery and in so doing become master saints. Until next week, keep the faith.